Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. In uh, 2004, there was a sewage pipe that broke under a street in Jerusalem. And when the bulldozers came to bulldoze the uh, road away so they could repair the pipe, they discovered a, an obstruction there when the blade of the bulldozer was trying to move the dirt. It was stopped by this object. And when they cleared it away, they discovered the Pool of Siloam. It was 160 feet wide and 200 feet long. And they also discovered a road that led from the pool all the way to the temple. And this is where people who were coming for the feast days, they would come and they would purify themselves in the pool of Siloam before entering the temple. On the day of the uh, Feast of uh, Tabernacles, the high priest would march down the street with a golden bowl and he would go get the living water from the pool of Siloam and he would fill it and he would march to the temple among uh, great fanfare and as he approached the, uh, the sacrifice everyone would cheer and praise and clap their hands on the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacles he would get the water from the pool of Siloam. He would march down the street toward the temple and the people would begin to pray and they would grow, the prayer would become more fervent and loud as he approached the altar. And he would march around the uh, sacrifice seven times and the, uh, the prayers would get louder and louder and then a hush would descend as he began to pour the water from the pool of Siloam upon the sacrifice. It was at this time that Jesus stood up and said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth in me as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. There was a time when uh, Jesus and his followers were walking along and there was a man, Jesus saw this man who had been born blind and he was blind, uh, had been blind from birth. And the, the, uh, <clears throat> the people asked Jesus, they said, now, why was this man born blind? Is it because he has sinned? 
or was it a result and a consequence of his parents sinning? And Jesus said it's none of the above. It isn't because anyone has sinned, but that the glory of God would be displayed in him. When uh, Cain murdered his brother Abel, the Bible says that God marked Cain. He put a mark on him. And there was a belief going back, way back, and it persisted for a while, and even made it into uh, what we consider modern times, that anybody who was born with an abnormality or a handicap, that that was God's way of marking them like he marked Cain after he committed the act of murder as a way to warn others who were around them, uh, take notice, this person is no good. Ever since Eden in the garden, Adam and Eve went from being God conscious to self-conscious. And your silence is perfectly fine with me because this is, I know this isn't an amen message. And so ever since then, ever since Jesus came, and even before then, God has been trying to get us to repent and change our perspective from self-consciousness back to where it was supposed to be originally to a God consciousness. Away from ourselves to God. But when there's this idea and this belief that where, where we are and what we receive, whether good or bad, is a result of ourselves and what we've done or not done. It keeps, it's like a cycle that keeps building and snowballing where uh, we become more and more self-conscious. Every religion in this world, Islam, Buddhism, Gnosticism, New Ageism. Every one of them has their teachers and their books that you read and you listen to and take instruction from, but every one of them is a self-conscious religion. The only one that is not is Christianity. Christianity is the one religion that stands alone that completely and totally depends and relies upon an outside force. Have you ever thought about Jacob and Esau and that of those two brothers, Esau was the well-behaved one? 
of what we know, Jacob was the one who, did, who was more unethical, more unscrupulous. He was a con man. Yet Jacob was the one that received blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. And I began to wonder about this a few years ago. And because the, the answers I'd been given about this story didn't satisfy me. And I think part of what was going on there was that Esau didn't want to be blessed. I have a friend I work with, and um, she's very, uh, very smart, very good worker. She's very self-conscious. And she will go from one relationship to another. And we're very good friends, so she talks to me about it. Sometimes I don't like it, but that's okay. It's fine. But she'll find these really good, she'll find a really good man to date her. And even in one case, marry her. And within a month or two, she'll break up with him. And she'll say, well, you know, he's a good man, but he works so much. And I just, I just don't like it. He works all the time. Another one, she said, he's a good guy, but, you know, he... He's, I'm more of a socialite, and he's not into that too much, you know. He'd rather stay home. Another one it was, he's so into drag racing. I just, I like it at first, but it just annoys me now. And I realized, and I told her this, said, you don't want anything good in your life. You know, it's true, all these things that you've said. You know, she was stating dishonest truths. The reasons were true, but not valid. I mean, it's true that she was a socialite and this other guy was more introverted. But that's not why she broke up. She didn't believe she should have a good man. And these were just rationalizations to make sure that she didn't have something good. There's a story when Esau went out to hunt and he didn't find anything. He came back in and, oh, you're right, it is hot up here. Oof. He came back home and he didn't have any venison. And his brother Jacob had a pot of beans or a stew of some kind. And he traded 
that food for Esau's birthright. And Esau, the Bible says that he said to himself, what good is my birthright if I die of starvation or something like that? Well, that's just a rationalization to give up something you don't believe you should have. We know that there are people who know how to work. They can work. They can sweat. They can toil. They can give. But they don't know how to receive. Esau, the Bible says, never changed his perspective. He was the way he was from the time he was born to the day he died. It says, Esau never found, not obtained, not uh, merited. He never found, he never discovered repentance. Though he sought it bitterly with tears. On the night before Jacob was going to meet his brother after a long time. Jacob had a wrestling match with the angel of the Lord. It's true. And he wrestled with the angel all night long. Jacob didn't have a self-conscious problem, and he had no problem. Thank you. Appreciate it. I know how to receive. He had a, a wrestling match with this angel all night long. Unlike his brother Esau, Jacob knew how to receive. Even if he really didn't deserve it. And he wrestled with the angel, and the angel said to him, let me go. And Jacob, in that moment, disobeyed the angel and said, no. I will not let you go until you bless me. There was a pool called Bethesda. And this pool had, uh, there were seasons when the angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the water. And all the people who had uh, problems, they were crippled, they were Maybe they had uh, chronic arthritis, something that was wrong. They would lay by the pool, and the first one into the pool, when the waters were stirred, would be healed. There was a man who was there, and he had been there, or he had been in his condition for 38 years. And Jesus walked up to him, and asked him this question. Do you wish to be made well? 
Not do you believe. Do you, do you want to be better? There are people who have been made to believe by others, or maybe it's something they did, have been made to believe that they, they should suffer. Have you ever heard of cutting where people cut themselves? They punish themselves. And they either refuse to be blessed out of some weird sense of self-justice, or they limit the blessing they really should receive. Do you want to be made whole? And the man said, well, you know, why do you think I'm by this pool? It's interesting how people will, there's a part of them that wants something good, but there's something in them that won't allow it. And people will make pretenses of wanting something good or working for something good or wanting to receive something good, but not really. Something always holds them up. And this man said, someone always gets in ahead of me. Jesus said to him, sir, Take up your bed and walk. And he took his bed up and he walked. Yeah. Pardon me for one second. It's good. Eight glasses a day, folks. Mm. Is it okay if I mix in some psychology with theology? They're intertwined. So the day came when Jacob and Esau were going to meet. And Jacob didn't know what was going to happen. And he met Esau, and they met face to face. And they embraced, and they hugged, and they... We're glad to see one another. And Jacob said, hey, Esau, I want to bless you. I've got all these, you know, gifts I want to give to you. I've got these flocks. I've got these, uh, I've got these animals prime ready for you to take. You know what Esau said? No. You keep it. God has forgiven you. He's forgiven us. But have you forgiven yourself? Have you forgiven yourself? Take the governor off. Take the limit off. You know how to work, but you don't know how to receive. The Bible says... that the wages of sin is death. Imagine that. Wages are something you work for. Imagine working for death. There are people who know how to work and give. But the last part of that says, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
Jesus said to Martha, because Martha complained about Mary, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha was busy working, giving. And she said, tell Mary to help me here. Don't you see that I've got all this work to do? Because Martha knew how to give, but Mary knew how to receive. And Jesus said, this thing that Mary is receiving, this, she's chosen the superior, the superior way, and this blessing will not be taken away from her. I want to read you some in closing. Some things that Jesus said to us. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you receive it? Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus said, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Take the limit off. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives you, I give to you. In the 23rd Psalm, David said, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. I want to be a giver, and being a giver is a good thing. In its context, it's a really good thing. But I want to receive. <laughs> When the devil comes and says, yeah, but you're short in this area, this area, this area, this area, I'll say, yep, you're right. But I'll receive anyway. You did this, this, and this. Yes, and I'll receive anyway. I won't let you go until you bless me. Amen. Will you stand today? Heavenly Father, thank you today. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, you, you sent your only begotten Son to take the penalty of our sin, to absorb all of the wrath of our transgression, and to 
Give us righteousness, holiness. He became poor so we might become rich. Help us to receive in Jesus' name. Give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.